0: We look at church, and uh, like we all come from different backgrounds in church, and um, and some of us—I don't know if you guys can remember—maybe when you were tiny, uh, used to walk to church. Some of us, and uh, as little children, and you would normally go to the church that is closest to you, and uh, because it's just very convenient. Um, or sometimes maybe you've chosen a church where you think like, okay, do I actually fit in? And, uh, and, and does it kind of meet the following criteria, which kind of is, uh, most of it is based on us. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's not so much about the Lord always. And um, so, I mean, like one of the things that Wally has said that we come to church and it's for Jesus. Uh, it's, it's not for me to give my latest preach. It's not for the band to play the latest song. It's for Jesus to have his glory. So um, we, we see Jesus' glory through the word, through scripture. We see it through worshiping him. And Tristan, uh, I say, sickle actually, hand out, if it's going to make your life easier. Are you, is it okay? Or are you winning? Is, it, is I still Okay, this is better. Yeah. Sorry, I just heard a, a ring again. And uh, so, you know, so we're in this, you know, like, why do we go to church, you know? And why, and why do we choose the churches that we choose? And uh, so tonight I would love just to break things, a few things down for us and just see what Scripture says. And there's a beautiful portion of Scripture that we find in Isaiah uh, chapter 41. So if you guys can turn in your Bibles there. And we're going to see God's ways of doing things, not man's ways. Now, if you, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever been to Nisner, perhaps. And when you drive in the garden, you see all these pine trees. And you just check them rows, like just piled like that lots of them, and they will plant plantations of these things, and normally they plant trees together, and uh, like like rose bushes together, or pine trees together, and things like that, but we're going to see something of God's way of planting, and God's way of doing something, and I want to pull it through to church tonight, so if we can look at Isaiah chapter 41 from verse 18, it says, and this is what God is saying, it says, and I will make rivers flow on barren heights, now, now, Okay, let's just quickly pause there. We're dealing with God who is supernatural and God that can do anything. And uh, so this is God at work here. And he says that he will make these rivers flow in barren heights. Like there's nothing there, but he will make it flow. And springs within the valleys. I will turn the deserts into pools of water. Now, last year, um, when I went to Namibia, I had the privilege of flying with Cody's dad in the, his little aeroplane. And with Cody was with me as well. It was myself, Cody, and his dad. And we flew from Ventuk to Swakopmund. And we flew over the desert. And it is dry, barren. There's nothing there. Um, at some places, actually, I wish I was there on my motorbike, riding these dirt roads. I think it would have been incredible. But if looking down, just thinking that this desert place, if that had to turn into water, that would be a great miracle. And God says he can actually do this. It says that I will... Uh, okay, sorry, I went to some of verse 19. It says that I will turn the deserts into pools of water and the parched grounds into springs. That's our God that we're talking about. And then he carries on to saying, I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. And I will set pines in the wasteland like there's nothing. And he will set the pines there, the fir and the cypress together. Now, just to quickly pause there, that the, the makeup of all those trees together, first and foremost, we look that it's in the desert, that I will put in the desert. Now, I just remember from school, this plant, that's basically all I can remember from this plant, is called the Valvizia, I don't know if you guys can remember that, I can still remember the picture in my textbook, I can remember seeing that thing. And, uh, and that was the only thing that kind of grew in the desert, but I'm sure there's many more, but these guys, if you look at the cedar and then look at the, at the uh, acacia, I think that's like a wattle tree and the myrtle and the olive. Like you won't go, really go into the heart of Namibia and see these trees Some of grow together, let alone being in the desert. So God is doing something. And he says here, if you can like imagine God, I am God and I can do as I please. And even if that... Things in his normal habitat, that's not my spot. But man, if God wants to place you in a spot, it could be a desert, it could be anywhere. God let him do this. And then he says, This is crazy. Like, look at the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of scripture. And it says this so that so, so when do people look at this, they're gonna go drive into the desert, or fly over the desert, and they see these trees, and they're like, what on earth are these trees doing in the desert? And they're not even supposed to be there, it's not the habitat, and they're all growing together. This is something interesting here. And then it carries on to say, so that, God has done that, so that people may see and know they may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. And when I look at this, I get excited about church. Because when we look at church, we're like, you know, you can come in and you can think like, oh, my hat. We've got a bunch of so different people here, so many different trees here. Like some of us, like, how did I get here? How did, how did God plant me here? Why did He plant me here? And look at this. It says this, that people will see and that they will know and consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this and that the Holy One of Israel has created it. And I think this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. And this is in the Old Testament, and it's, it's great. And our God is the same then and as He is today. So when we look at church, God, God wants to plant you. It doesn't say anywhere in Scripture. You're actually going to see now in Scripture that God does the planting. Very important. So if this is your house, this is where God has planted you, then you need to ask yourself, then of course, am I flourishing? Am I actually producing fruit? Are people tasting of what the Lord has done in my life? And can they taste and see that the Lord is good? That is what God wants. So when God, uh, uh, when we look at the scripture now, the next one is in Psalms. And, um, and if we look at Psalms, it's chapter 1 verse 3. Let's quickly look at Psalm 1 verse 3. So in this desert it says that, that this guy, that this person loves the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. And as in, he will be like a tree planted. He has been planted by streams of water. So God does this planting because he knows where you need to be. And we don't always see the things that God sees it. We look at things and we're like, nah, I don't think I would do it this way. I think lots of stuff that we do is not the same as God. I think we look. When, when we look at our lives and we can weigh it up with the gospel, we need to look at Scripture and see, actually, is this God? Is this God's ways? Is this where he has planted me? And if God has planted you, he says to us in Psalm 68, verse 6, this is God's desire um, for us. He says, God sets the lonely in families. Hey, isn't that beautiful? God does the setting. So you and I, we need to posture ourselves in a way of, God, where do you want to put me? And we posture ourselves humbly, and we posture ourselves in a way that, God, you can do the planting. And I know this, this message is for the guys already rooted here in Wellington PM. I know the, the, the TMT guys, you guys have to, you know, make decisions where you're going to be. There's, there's visitors here maybe looking in and thinking, what's this church about? You know, some crazy guys. Yes, we're crazy. We're crazy in love with Jesus. And I pray that, that we'll say like David that I will even become more undignified than this that we want to follow the Spirit, we don't want to, you know, have man-made boxes, and God has to tick all these boxes, and, and uh, we want to encounter Jesus, we want to see Him in the Scriptures revealed, we want to hear testimonies of how God does stuff, you know, and uh, so God sets the lonely, you might think, but I'm not lonely, I'm not, like, I'm all right, I'm doing okay, you know, me, myself, and I, we're a great team, uh, you know, I'm okay, But God has a purpose for you and a purpose for me that He puts us in His kindness and His mercy. He puts us in a place, not always convenient. If we go according to convenience, we will miss the cross. And many of us will come to the cross. And we come to the cross in repentance. We come to Jesus Christ. But actually Paul takes it further and he says, now you need to get on the cross. And he says this: that I've been crucified with Christ. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. So there's a thing of coming to the cross, and we come to Jesus, and we lay down our lives. And say, Jesus, I will follow you. But now the next step is where Jesus says, you need to get on the cross because the stuff that you desire needs to die, so people can see Jesus. And this needs to be in the church today. That when you choose a church, you know, choose a church right. Let God plant you. Because we look at a scripture that, that, that Jesus actually says about this. And um, he speaks of this in Matthew chapter 15. And and looks, uh, look what he says. He says that, and he speaks to the Pharisees. and He says that Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. That's a scary thought. Now what happens with these guys, he was speaking to the Pharisees, and these guys... Planted, planted themselves, in inverted commas, um, or using Jesus' language, planted them without inverted commas. They planted themselves in the kingdom by their own good works. So they think that I'm okay because I do good works. I'm wearing the right robe, I'm saying the right stuff, I'm standing on, this, on, the, on the corners of the street praying these loud prayers, and I'm giving the arms. and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, but Jesus said to them, man, unless a father has planted you, not your good works, not your good ideas, not your good intentions, but unless my father has planted you, you'll be uprooted. So the first thing is, it's a scary thing to think that my good works, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, why are you a Christian? Because I've always been one? No. That's like the wrong answer. That's like we all have fallen short of the glory of God. I haven't been a Christian all my life. I needed Christ. Some of us, we were good. We were, uh, we were, born, we were all born into sin. But you, grow, you were brought up in a Christian family. But somewhere along the line, you had to choose for Christ. You had to choose. Maybe not the same way. Maybe someone else that was devastated by its sin. And out of that, you know, they were, much, they were forgiven much. And now they love much. And they look different. And your testimony might be, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I did something bad one day. I went to a socky. Yes, you know. And the other guy who used to sell drugs and, uh, you know, used to you know, do all that kind of stuff, he looks at you and like, think like, what on earth? But that's a great testimony. God has kept you all this time, which is a great testimony. It's a testimony of God's grace that he has kept you all these years. So allow the Father, he says, every plant that my heavy fire, and Jesus doesn't lie. So if he hasn't planted us, number one, in the kingdom, not our good works, we will be uprooted. And some of it we will only see on that day. And the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the, and the thorns grow together. But one day it's going to come. Where there's going to come a separation. And that's where that scary scripture comes in. But haven't I called you Lord. And then Jesus says, I don't know you. So the first place is to be planted by the Father. The second one is that God plants us in a house. Nowhere in Scripture can we see, and we've looked in Scripture, where we do Christianity by ourselves. Never does the Bible does not endorse that. The Bible always says family. It always says unity. It always says love one another. It always says esteem one another. It speaks of that togetherness. And we're going to see this... This amazing scripture that we find here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is beautiful. And it says the body, and it speaks of the body of Christ. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And that is the beautiful picture of, of the body. We're not all the same. Because if we were one piece, and you might think that the Bible actually says, the guy that looks to have the most honor, he actually is the least. So some, one might say, oh, that guy standing behind the pulpit, or the guy that led, or the person that led there, they deserve great honor. No, we actually should take the place of, of a servant. And, and we don't need, all. we mustn't have the honor. There's one person that needs honor, and his name is Jesus. So it says there's many parts. And if you all want to be a preacher, then you're missing the boat. Or if you all want to be a, a community leader, which is like a cell leader, a small group leader, if, if you all want to be it, we miss the boat. It's like there's stuff for every one of us. And God's very creative. Like he can put all of us together. He puts all those trees together. And the scripture carries on to say, And if the food should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to to the body, that's so sad. If we can look at that and say, jeez, I'm not as wild as these guys." This is a, this is the church for the young. Uh, I will take that as a compliment myself, because uh, <laughs> you know I would say, "Amen and thank you, brother." But any case, but this is not the church for the young. It doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't demonstrate the body well, family well. If it's just young, it, a, a, a church that's just old also doesn't demonstrate the kingdom of God well. It doesn't demonstrate the King of God well if it's, if it's just just the rich or just the poor or just the famous or just the whatever, you know, all the skateboarders or all the bike riders or whatever. That doesn't display the kingdom of God. God is creative, and he puts all this body parts. I mean, like tonight when you go and brush your hair and, uh, and whatever, brush your teeth. I struggled actually to get my toothbrush this morning uh, for some odd reason. Um, there was about five or six of our toothbrushes that were... Um, Divinely confiscated, and uh, we found them this morning in a in, in solidly frozen, solidly frozen. Uh, we we had a leaders' camp this weekend, and someone abducted some of some of the guys' toothbrushes and put them all together. In water froze them overnight, and this morning, like my toothbrush was r- lying right next to to Wally's toothbrush, and I don't know what he had last night, but. What he had was on his toothbrush, was on my toothbrush, was in my mouth. It was like, that's family. <laughs> that's family, Oaks. <laughs> Which is amazing. So, so there's no places, sorry, I don't belong here because these guys are, all, like I say, they're all so young. They don't need me. Yes, we need you. I'm like, we need your wisdom. If you've got grace, the Bible says it brings wisdom. We need you. We need every single one. Maybe you, you, you rock up and you say like, "Yes, man, I didn't see any Ferraris parked here." It's like sure, shame. These guys they don't have any, like, they don't have Ferraris. We need you. We need your you with your Ferrari. You know, we need to get the gospel out there fast. You know, so so you know we we need you. You know, so like don't say like, "Oh no, they don't need me." We need you, okay? Because we want to take the gospel into the nations. So it carries on on saying that it would not. Um, not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I um, am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Listen to this. Okay. Sorry, verse 18 is the one crunch, but let's read 17 first. That if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So before we go verse 18, it's that you, there's something that you carry of Jesus that I don't carry. And there's something that you carry that Wally doesn't carry. But together, we represent Jesus that we see, because we know in part. And I don't have the fullness of Christ. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, but the Bible says we, we know in part. So there's something that we need the body, we need. It's like your whole body is not just a nose or a thumb or a goiter. It's like all of us, you know, we, different parts now here's the cleanser look at verse 18 but in fact God has arranged like not man God has arranged the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be that is healthy church so this does not this tells me now so that it's not really it's not my choice God where do you want me and when he has planted you, now the next thing is, so if God wants you there, so, so but in fact, God has arranged parts in the body. So now God has arranged, and he has said, mm, I want to put the arm there. And now you want to do something, and it's like, come on, arm. And it's like, okay, come on, arm, do something. It's like he's not doing his part. So if God has planted you and he's put you in the body, then function with confidence in Jesus That you the arm and be excited about that. And then it says in every one of them, that's us, just as he wanted them to be. And when God has planted you, allow him the joy of seeing you function with the intent that he wanted you to function. Let's not miss that. One day we're going to stand before him and say, arm, come here. And you're like, arm he says you I've called you to be an arm me yeah like you you actually you called me like to to do something I, I don't want to miss this and God is calling you tonight and he's calling you and he's placing you somewhere in the body but I want to encourage you to go and enjoy being that arm let him add you not by man's design Not because this was a cool message, but because you heard the voice of Jesus and that he will speak to you. And if this is the house, man, let him plant you deep. If this is not the house for you, let him plant you, but let him plant you. Allow him to plant you, but when he plants you, oh baby, when he plants you, flourish. Because he's going to plant you by rivers of living water and you're going to bear much fruit. But if we plant ourselves, we have a promise from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He will move us but let's allow him to plant us. It's a beautiful thing when the hand of the Father takes you and he moves you and he plants you. He does it with so much care, so much diligence, with so much love, with so much in you. I have no green fingers on me, but I've seen guys who plant trees and plant shrubs and they dig it and they normally get some nutrients and things like that. They don't just chunk it in the ground. They make sure that they fill some extra nice soil with some goodies in it. And they put stuff and they water it and they, they look after it. And every morning they go and check if it's grown a bit more. And they, and they take the weeds out around it. And if this is us, the Bible says, who are evil. I know it says those who, you know, we know that those who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father give good gifts to those who belong to him? So now the thing is, if, if we look after our plants so well, how much the Heavenly Father to His children, let Him plant us, and when He plant us, let us fulfill that which He has for us. Would you guys join me in standing, and, and uh, let's bring our hearts before the Lord, and, uh, and if you are a visitor from another church, and... Um, and you're just visiting, you're going back to your church, and I want to ask you to be faithful, I want to ask you to be fruitful. If the Lord is calling you to this house, I want to, I want to, I want to charge you in the Lord. I want to charge you in the Lord that you'll be fruitful and, plant, and, and, and bear, yeah, bear much fruit. For the Scripture says in John 15, In this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. But a tree cannot bear fruit if it's not planted, number one. Secondly, it cannot bear much fruit if it keeps on moving around and it's not stable and constant and receive the nutrients. Let's posture our hearts, God. God, thank you for the privilege of having your hand upon us, God. The hand of the kind master. Lord that you will take each one of us in this place and root us deeply. Deeply in you, Lord. Deeply in your body, God. And may we fulfill each one of us the task set before us, God. May none of us say, I am of no need. I am too frail. I am too young or I am too old. Or I am too this or I am too that. But God, I pray, Lord, that you will stir our hearts, Lord, to let go of ourselves, let go of that pot plant that we find ourselves so comfortable in. And we'll lift up those leaves, those arms and say, Lord, you can plant me. And let God take you out of your own ways and plant you where he designed for you to grow and bear much fruit to bring the Father glory. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Amen. Lovely guys.